This episode is brought to you by Fortis et Fidelis, honoring the brave and faithful service of our fallen. The free will never forget. What's going on, everyone? The very first annual Veteran Podcast Awards is almost here. And our show, The Brave and Faithful, has been nominated for three categories. The top education, the top Navy podcaster, and the Veteran Podcast of the Year. So go to veteranpodcastawards.com slash vote and vote for the Brave and Faithful podcast for each category. Voting starts August 4th and closes September 18th. So again, please support our podcast, The Brave and Faithful, and vote for us on veteranpodcastawards.com slash vote. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Brave and Faithful Podcast. I'm your host, Raiden Dionisio. And today, I have another podcaster with me. Uh, he's also an uh, Army veteran. Uh, he's also got a vast experience uh, as a law enforcement agent, uh, as a Border Patrol uh, ICE special agent, uh, the host of the Protectors Podcast, Dr. Jason Piccolo. Jason, hey. how are you doing? Great, brother. Thanks for having me on. And I commend you for jumping into the podcast world. It's not easy, but once you get over four or five episodes, which you are well beyond, it gets it, it gets there, man. It gets to become kind of like your life. So I, thanks a lot for having me on and, and sharing your time with me. Oh, no worries, man. Thanks for taking the time. Um, you know, before we get started in, into the whole podcasting and what you're doing with that, uh, can you just share a little bit about uh, you know, your service, I mentioned you were in the army, how long you served for and, and what did you do in the army? Yeah. In the nineties, 1993, I enlisted active duty, artillery, cannon crew member, uh, Fort Carson, Fort hood. I got out and I decided to go to college, did the ROTC. You know, when I got out, I, I thought I was going to get out. I thought I was gonna be like E4 mafia for life. <laughs> uh, but for some reason, like I joined the guard and I joined ROTC on the same day. Uh, went into an intel unit in the guard doing human stuff. Uh, commissioned as an infantry officer, but then I went to inactive uh, reserves, individual ready reserves around 99 because I went into the U.S. Border Patrol next. Okay. Started federal law enforcement, did that for, you know, I'm still doing it uh, 21 years later, 21 and a half years later. But I was involuntarily recalled uh, in the IRR back in 2005 and 2006, just in time for, you know, uh, the big push in Iraq. So I was deployed to Iraq. I was in Kuwait for a couple months and went for deployed to Iraq. So yeah, man. And then when I got back, I, I did get a civilian job with the army CID working the Gitmo investigation. So I was a special agent with them for a bit and did some work with DOD. One of my career wise, you know, border patrol, then I became what they call a customs ICE special agent back in the day, working narcotics, worked DOD bit for, I said that for a while. Went back to work for ICE, and now I work for another agency out here in D.C. So, yeah, man, 20-something years in law enforcement, and uh, anybody ever had us any questions like that, just shoot me a DM. Yeah, that, that, like I said before, a vast experience, right? Like, So you mentioned you were with uh, Artie Artillery in the Army. 
what uh what led you to become a, a border patrol agent like was that just like Actually, a... yeah one of my best friends became a border patrol agent when he okay. got out of the army and he was an interrogator uh no he was a, a linguist he wasn't the interrogator type but he got out and he went into the u.s border patrol and then after i got into college i followed him into the border patrol that's how i, I didn't know anything about the border patrol growing up i grew up in new jersey man that's like the farthest <laughs> it's pretty far <laughs> away from the southwest border and it's one of those things where you end up in the border patrol and you're like wow southwest border pretty uh pretty interesting but i did want to get a foothold into the federal government and that's kind of where i've been for the past 20 something years Okay, so you, as a border patrol agent, you were uh, down in the southwest area? That's yeah, I was in San Diego, Okay, uh, right next to Tijuana and the Otay Mesa mountain ranges, a station called Brownfield. And then when I went to work drugs, I was literally like literally two miles away from my border patrol station at a, a DEA uh, group that I was assigned to. It was like a DEA task force type thing. So I did that for a while until I got recalled. So, okay. uh, yeah, then I did when I was in Iraq, I was attached to CJ Soda, uh, combined joint special operations task force as our anti-terrorism officer. It sounds really cool on paper, but it wasn't really that exciting. And, uh, it's one of those things where I always, I, I felt like I could have done more in the war, but that's one of the reasons I have volunteered for the past year is like trying to help fed, uh, veterans get into federal law enforcement. That's kind of one of the things I'm really passionate about and I loved I love helping mentoring vets and, and everything else out there. Awesome man. So you know your time in the army, uh, your time you're still serving as a federal agent. What are some of the things, some of the qualities or some of the biggest takeaway that you've uh, uh, you've would would you say you had uh, while serving? Just be true to your character. You know it, don't don't just try to move up. It's not about the rank. It's not about the position. It's, it's about doing the right thing. It's about the greater good. Cause you know, at the end of the day, when you're 50 or 55 or 60 or whatever, when you retire out of the military or out of the federal government, you got to look in a mirror and is that mirror going to be clear or is it going to be dusty? Uh, is it going to be foggy from all the BS? So just make sure at the end of your career, at the end of your time or however long you're in the government, whether that's military or law enforcement or whatever else you do that you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. I mean, I think that's sound advice. I, I think some people just kind of get lost in the ways and kind of like, you know, in other companies, like they just want to climb the ladder and, and forget what the service is all about. Right. I give that. I have a philosophy. I, I used to use this all the time. I haven't talked about it in a while, but it's the pat on the back. Mm. You know, you could be like a young uh, E4, E5, E4P, um, you could be a young lieutenant. Uh, you could be in the federal government, be a GS, whatever. And someone pats you on the back and says, you know what? If you don't mess up or blank up, you're going to move up. And then from that point on, they become hesitant. They come very adverse to anything that's going to cause their career from not reaching the pinnacle of what it is. You may not see them being the most proactive person when it comes to working cases or when it comes to leading soldiers and service members. So you end up with, a, you know, I, my favorite word now is feckless leadership. And mm. that's one thing that's what, that's why I always say true, be true to your character and don't, don't think you can't buck the system when it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Don't get too comfortable or um, word that you hear, uh, especially, you know, while serving overseas is, 
complacent. Don't get too complacent. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome, man. Um, so, you know, we talked a little bit about your service in the army and then, uh, with as a federal agent, what, what led you to starting your own podcast the protectors, right? What, what, how did that come about? Well, there was a time in my career where I did a lot of things that were kind of politically, uh, hot, you know, if you Google my name, you'll see about it. We won't really talk about it on this podcast just because I've talked about it a million times. <laughs> but it's one of those things. If you Google my name, probably one of the first things you see pop up. So I used to do a lot of mainstream media. I used to talk a lot of stuff about the border, a lot of stuff about Homeland Security. And I was like, you know what? I want something that's going to spotlight not me, but other people who are, uh, quote unquote, the protectors, those that run towards danger and kind of keep it away from the political skew of it and tell their stories. I started the podcast, um, geez, uh, 270 episodes plus ago. Wow. Um, and what I've done is I, I like to interview anybody. They don't have to be like you would be a great guest. It doesn't matter. As long as you know you have a, um, a story. I want to tell your stories. So I've, I've been talking to everybody and I can that's in that protector community, law enforcement, military, veterans, emergency responders, and those that support them. So I mean, I've had um, a million different New York Times bestselling authors on just because, you know, a lot of them are veterans. A lot of them have backgrounds in that stuff. I want to learn how they got to where they're at. I've had actors on. I've had um, everyday heroes on. I've had Medal of Honor um, winners on or recipients. So, I mean, there's been, I, I like to have a very diverse audience, but I really like to kind of plug into their stories. I don't want to just get their quick 30,000 foot overview of their background. I want to kind of know who they are and I want to know why they do what they do. Cause it's kind of like one of those things podcasting to me is like, it's an opportunity to learn something different about someone and not just be like a two to three minute soundbite. Yeah. I think uh, I'm looking at your, uh, the website here, you know, you got like uh, special forces, green beret, uh, best-selling authors, uh, former Delta Force guys. It's it's a variety of of people, like you said, protectors who you know who defend our country uh, abroad and here uh, within our communities. Um, you know, you said you've done 270 episodes so far. I think so because I uh, I think podcast episodes themselves is probably right. around 250 but then like during a pandemic i my daughter and i started a show called uh pick rep piccolo's report and i don't even know how many episodes we did it was a live broadcast during a pandemic and we did that on youtube and it was like live every night man and i think that went for 30 or 40 episodes too i don't even know um she was in there for a good seven or eight episodes because she was like what nine or ten at the time uh, but yeah, man, it was fun. Uh, but overall, I think maybe 270 episodes plus. That's interesting. That's uh, my, I got, I got two daughters. Uh, my oldest is only three. And that's one of the things I, I want to do is, you know, kind of just have conversations with her and kind of just, I mean, I don't know what you all talk. What did you all talk? No, about that's what, that's podcast? what we did. It's like, so we would, I would be like, so this is when it was locked down. Okay. So like every night I would have like a different guest on and, um, well, we, I would have her come up with a list of questions and she would always ask like certain questions and she would keep that and she would just kind of like hang out with me while I'm doing it. And uh, she would eventually jump on and ask some questions, but it was funny, man. It's great. And it gets them confident. Um, yeah. 
I don't have anything to do with my, my children anymore on camera or, you know, since I've kind of moved up a little bit more with, uh, with a public profile, I don't really have a lot with the, with the kids on camera or social media anymore, but it's one of those things is like, it was just so fun to have that opportunity to share some time with her. So you, you know, you've been in the podcast game for a bit, right? You've had that experience. What are, what are some of the, uh, interesting stories that you've heard just talking to some of our, the protectors? Oh, geez. I love the Delta force ones. They they're so humble, mm. you know, just really good guys. And a lot of just, you know, um, I like, talking to people who have started nonprofits for the right reason. Uh, but stories overall, man, are so many good ones. And everybody check out the protectors with Jason Pickle. <laughs> Got to throw in a, a cheap plug there. But now, man, there's been so many good stories. I love talking to people. You know, my first 10 episodes, and this is kind of advice for anybody that ever gets into it, is kind of, you know, you do a really good job. You send out, you know, the, the messaging before, very in-depth. When I jumped into it, I really kind of um, half-assed it. Hmm. I didn't know really what I was getting myself into. So I almost treated it like an interview and interrogation. So I'd be like, okay, uh, Raiden, where were you born? What did you do <laughs> after you were born? And it was like, it was very like that. And, you know, trying to get any time out of it and trying to have a conversation with someone. I like the conversational tone of, of the podcasting. It's almost like therapy. Hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, in the beginning, I appreciate you for saying that, but, you know, obviously I, f I felt the same thing in the beginning, like, like, who am I to talk to these people and, and like, what gives me the right to kind of just, you know, share their story or hear their story, right? Um, and then I was so nervous in the beginning, kind of just trying to get my foot, you know, trying to get my the show started. But like you said, you know, as, as, as the time goes, more episodes you put in, it's, it, it feels like it is sort of like therapy because, you know, um, especially, you know, when you talk to somebody that's been in your situation or has, has been in those, um, has had those experiences that you've had, um, it, it creates some, you know, a, a bond between, you know, as, as a host and, and, and a guest. Um, it, it is sometimes it feels like therapy. It's definitely therapy, man. Especially yeah. like, I love, you know, I, I think I'm really going to enjoy jumping on and listening to all your episodes. And that's the other thing about podcasts is if you start a podcast, support other podcasters, it's really a grind until you get to a certain point and then it kind of gets into a um, monotonous and then you get your re-energy. And right now I'm re-energized and I'm, I'm fixing to, to jump into season four, new logos, new everything. But one thing I do want to do is I want to ask you a question. Tell me about these coins, coins for the fallen. Yeah, um, so I actually just started making these um, last late last year is when um, I had a buddy of mine who who makes these coins. I wanted to create some uh, these memorial coins for families of of the fallen. Um, it was kind of it's and everything that you buy in in our store fortis-fidelis.com. Um, everything you buy there, all the all the proceeds kind of help us in creating more of these and um yeah i mean you know I, I wanted to find a way to kind of just give back to the community and especially to the families of those who you know who've uh, have sons and daughters who paid the ultimate sacrifice um and it was just kind of my way of saying thank you even though 
it wouldn't that's not enough right um because you know they've lost uh, loved ones but um yeah it was just a way of uh, honoring and remembering um and, and being grateful i really think that's an excellent idea because you know having a token that you could just carry with you if, as a remembrance i think that's incredible brother and i do I appreciate you for it. that as well Want to support an active duty owned brand? Head over to fortis-fidelis.com. Again, that's fortis-fidelis.com. And help us in honoring the brave and faithful service of our nation's defenders. All proceeds will help us create and provide memorial coins to the families of our fallen service members. Again, that's fortis-fidelis.com. And help Fortis Fidelis and honoring the brave and faithful. Um, you know, Jason, moving on, uh, you know, I was looking at your website as well. So you're, you're also an author. You have uh, several books, uh, one of which uh, I believe is Unwavering, A Border Patrol, A Border Agent's Journey. Can you just tell us a little bit about uh, some of the books that you've Sure. I um I, I wanted people to get a perspective of what the, the Southwest border is like, what Homeland Security is like. So I wrote a memoir, Unwavering a Border Agent's Journey, and that kind of shows my career on the border, then uh, running an office in Delaware, and then going to D.C. So kind of like, you know, kind of showing what it's like to move up and then kind of showing what it's like, what happens when you move up and some of the obstacles you may run into. The other book I wrote was out of the shadows and that is about the young young kids coming across the southwest border the unaccompanied minors and migrants coming across the border these little kids mm -hmm. i wanted to have i wanted people to understand what's going on with them and how we could protect them outside of politics i wrote those two books and my next book i'm working on i've been working on it for a while is um it's about domestic trafficking human trafficking that's one thing i'm very passionate about i want to spread awareness about what's going on in our communities, in our cities, in our suburbs, in our urban environments, about women and children that are being trafficked for sex. So that's kind of my, that's my, one of my big passions. And I work with an organization, I'm wearing their hat right now, uh, Deliver Fund, which is ex-Special Forces, ex-CIA, ex-Intel, uh, who actually help law enforcement. They're not the vigilante types. You do have a lot of organizations out there who are vigilantes and i don't you know what uh, in a law enforcement background there's no room for that because the goal is to protect the victim turn them into survivors while also making sure the traffickers are prosecuted to the full extent of the law and if you have a vigilante it, it doesn't work out so deliver fund does probably, uh, provide intelligence uh, specialty to law enforcement and especially law enforcement that can't really quite afford to go out and hire full-time intelligence. So they're out there, they're out there actually working and doing. So I really enjoy that. I'm really trying to get this book out. It's going to be a lot to try to document everything that goes on within the trafficking community, because I really want people to understand. I've written a ton of op-eds about it. I've done a bunch of uh, YouTube shorts on it. So if anybody wants to know anything more about that, about domestic trafficking, just shoot me a DM or shoot me an email and I'll gladly point you in the right direction. Now you said um, it hasn't come out. Or has it come out already? Or no, it hasn't come out. I'm still. Okay. It's still in development because I'm trying to make sure I write the right story because it's okay. not about me and 
self gratification. It's about you know showing the plight of the victims, showing how they become survivors. And I also want to show the law enforcement side of it, the street level law enforcement, the detectives, the prosecutors, people that are doing doing the actual work. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the current issues that we have right now in the country is the obviously the border, the border, right? Uh, can you just tell us your opinion on the current situation and what's going on down there? You know, the border is such a, an unrecognizable location unless you live on it. Nobody has any idea what's going on down there. And I keep a lot of contacts within the community and I'm always pinging them saying, what's this, what's that? I saw this news, I saw this. The thing is the Southwest border for people who don't understand who live here on the East Coast is like driving from Maine to Miami. It's literally that long on Route 95. So you got to cover the whole Southwest border. There is a million plus coming across a month now. These are numbers we've never seen before. I don't even think in the 1990s when, the, when it was a heyday of trafficking. And that's when a lot of Border Patrol got hired and a lot of uh, border resources. But we're just getting overrun now. Absolutely overrun. The border is nuts. Um, and there's just simply not enough resources. There's 16,000 Border Patrol agents plus on the southwest border working 365 days a week. I mean, a year, 24-7. You got to cover all those shifts. There's not enough to cover uh 1990 something miles you said 16,000 border patrol agents in the southwest trying to stop a million plus coming in yeah and the thing is they're not even they don't have to stop them that's a million that's a million they have in custody you know that's a million that came across in a month so it's like they have to deal with processing them and it's not like you just go and say hey where are you from boom move on hey where are you from blah, blah, blah. You got to do all the paperwork. You got to take their fingerprints, got to do a quick health check and then process them and move on. So it's not just as simple as saying, Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the United States. You know, there's, and then our immigration system itself with the, with the judges. So you probably have, I had to guesstimate right now about 900 and something thousand backlog cases that are in immigration court. Well, Homeland security is the enforcement branch department of justice runs the immigration judges 460 of them give or take judges to handle all the all the hundreds of thousands plus coming across the southwest border plus those backlog cases mm. so to say that the whole system is broken and overrun and my only solution really is you need to piecemeal the law the Immigration and Nationality Act, immigration law is so cumbersome and so unwielding that you need to piecemeal it and fix it a little bit at a time. Hey, you want to have an issue with um, a different section of the law? Fix it. Don't just keep spreading. And, and with the way the political climate is now, nothing is getting done. There's no way you could have immigration reform right now. There's, there's two distinct sides, left and right, and there's no in-between anymore. There's no middle ground. You're talking about just trying to change the immigration law completely or just even piecemeal. even yeah, yeah, just tried some pieces of it. But like you said, political scene right now is just yeah, you can't be in the middle. Like you have it's like there's yeah, there's only, left or right. Left I mean, I right. could be I could be a Republican, but all of a sudden I'm far right if I right. say anything. I'm like, right. okay, I want strict this. Oop, far right. 
I want lean in this. Oops, he's left. It's like, you know, I kind of try to stay in the middle, especially when it comes to the podcast. But sometimes, you know, I have to speak up. Right. And uh, I don't mind speaking up. I like speaking my mind. Um, you know, I want to go back to your experience as a Border Patrol uh, agent. What would you say has been some of the worst days or experiences you've had um, doing that job? You know, it's not the Border Patrol where it was the worst times. It was I used to work for ICE and I used to do a lot of um, fugitive type stuff. And some of the worst times is seeing the kids, the kids that bothers me so much, not just in D.C., but when I was in the field and you're going after a, a criminal fugitive and you encounter their kids and having to arrest the parent in front of the kids or having to see this, what they live in and how they're, you know, the parents really, some of them just don't really give a shit about that kid's wow. livelihood or life. And I hate seeing that. I've always hate seeing that. So on the flip side of that, though, what's been the most rewarding uh, experience you've had? You're taking a stand, brother. I mean, um, you know, I, I talk about it all the time. I talked about it a million times and I won't bore your audience with it, but blowing a whistle. That's been the most, it's been the worst thing for my career, but mentally it's probably the best thing I ever did because I could look myself in the mirror and know I did the right thing. Yeah. Just basically sharing the story and the truth of what's really, mm -hmm. what's really going on. And you said it's been kind of like bad for your career. Just oh, yeah, like my, my career is over with brother. I mean, I've just kind of, I'll never get promoted. Um, I'll never move up. It does. I could take every leadership course in a book. I can have any education you can imagine, uh, but I will never move up in the federal government, but I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah. I know when, it, when the time comes out of anything happens in the current agency I'm with now, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to turn a blind eye. Yeah. You're at peace with it because you, in your heart, you feel like, you know, that's the right thing to do. I tell you what, I'm not, I'm not used to being on the other side of the podcast, Mike. I'm used to, I'm ready to jump on some <laughs> questions here. <laughs> Got questions for you, man. Um, well, you know, before we go into our second segment here, uh, Jason, what's, you know, talking about, you know, our audience, our main lead, you know, veterans are active duty still like, transitioning out and maybe looking into getting into that community, the being a federal agent, right? What's, what are some actionable, well, what's one actionable step that you want to give and give them right now? If you have anything that you think can be a disability, uh, whether it's tinnitus, um, whether it's anything that's happened to you when you're in service, get, go to the VA and, and get it documented and see if you qualify. Cause there are different hiring authorities, authorities for the federal government. You have five points, 10 points. Um, there's different hiring authorities. So definitely do that. And don't feel like uh, so many veterans I talk to feel like they don't deserve it. It's just a cost of doing business. It's not. It's something that happened to you while you're on in service, make sure you get it checked out. That's one thing. The other thing is remember um, a lot of federal law enforcement nowadays is networking. Make sure you get out there, talk to different people, find out about different jobs. There are so many different special agent jobs out there. That's not just the high, like the FBI, DEA, ATF. There are so many other agencies that have criminal investigator jobs. 
there's plenty of uniform jobs. Do what I did. I joined a border patrol. There's customs and uh, border protection officers. There's a lot of different agencies to get into that aren't just special agent right off the bat with one of the big ones. Uh, definitely do that. Work on your resume. I always treat a resume like an infantry fighting position. You're always developing it. Always develop your resume. When you're applying for a job, apply to that job. Don't just blanket resumes out. Uh, because a hiring manager, which I, I do a lot of that, has to look at every resume and pick the right candidates for an interview. So make sure that you stand out. Make yourself stand out. If you're putting in for a job with, with agency XYZ, find out what their mission is. Become knowledgeable. Do your research. Do your, your human SIGINT and all the other intel stuff out there. Make sure you find out what they're about. Um, check out organizations. I've been volunteering with an organization called Hire Heroes USA and American Corporate Partners for years now. ACP for about a year plus, but Hire Heroes since I don't even know when I first started, maybe four or five years ago. Check those agencies out or the nonprofits out because they'll help you. I mean, say, hey, I want, I'm interested in federal law enforcement. Most likely they might ping me. So you'll see. Yeah, I think uh, I've, Hire heroes. I, I see that a lot on, especially on LinkedIn. And mm-hmm. I think that's another good, great platform to be oh, in. LinkedIn, this, I, that's how I LinkedIn. got my current job is use yeah. LinkedIn, use it to your advantage. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so one, one final question before we go to our second segment here, uh, Jason, what's one thing you want our listeners, our viewers to take away from this episode? Uh, develop yourself uh, and take a stand. You know, whatever that stand is, it doesn't have to be, you know, a macro level stand where you're going to take on the world. But if there's something you truly believe in, then take a stand. Basically what you're saying, right? Just like no matter right or wrong or, you know, uh, don't worry about the the consequences. consequences, As long as, you know, in your heart that you feel like this is the right thing to do. Don't be afraid to speak Make up. Make decisions, you know. Yeah. That's one that's 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 leadership fundamental 101 is make a decision. It may not be the right one, but use what the facts you have and you make the decision because hesitancy kills. Mm. Yeah, I think that's important. Make make a de- decision and uh take a stand. Awesome, man. Um so Jason going into our second segment here, this this is what I call the fast five the same five, five questions Let's do it as yeah. all my guess um, you know what one thing i do yeah is i live my life a quarter mile at a time <laughs> <laughs> come on fast five brother <laughs> yeah that was my all-time favorite when i was growing up <laughs> uh, first question what's one hobby you enjoy writing i love writing uh, you know what if absolutely love writing so I want to do, I want to write a book one of these days. What's one advice that you can kind of give as far as, you know, write, uh, writing and telling a story and, and things like that? Uh, two pieces of advice. One is write, 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 edit later. Um, the other one is do a mind map. And if you don't know what a mind map is, it's kind of like what you do is you say, okay, I want to write about this. And you put that in the middle of a big, get a big piece of poster board put your subject right in the middle and then you go off of that subject almost like a spider web and you write little circles and you say okay this is what part of the subject i want to write about this is this this is that and keep spiraling it off 
So it's going to look like a big map. And then when you're writing, when you're write, 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 edit later, you don't write, you don't have to write A to B to C to D. You don't have to be chronological. You could just go and say, hey, tonight I'm going to write about that. Or today I'm going to write about that. One of those little blocks in your mind map. So think about that. And if you want to write a book, write it. There are so many opportunities to self-publish now and hire someone to do a quick edit. You might as well just write the book. They say anybody that wants to really get, I've talked to a million authors and they say anybody who really wants to do become a writer, don't do it for money. One, don't do it for power and prestige Two, And the other thing is you have to write a million words. Now me, I didn't write a million words, but I'm getting there. I'm working. <laughs> I, I write op-eds. I write whenever I can. It's like therapy. Awesome. And um, I'll take that up. You said mind map. Um, yeah. You could always ping me and anybody else has any questions, ping me. I did a YouTube video with a bunch of vets about it a long time ago. Okay. But uh, we go into that, but I'll, I'll absolutely help anybody that ever wants to talk about that stuff. Awesome, brother. Uh, next question here. If you had to choose one person to hang out with for one day, who would it be and why? George Washington, brother. Come on. <laughs> the man. I want to know what it was like to spark a revolution. What that actual felt like and what went into it. Not saying I'm going to become a, a, a revolutionary, but there's other means where, you know, winning over so many people that has so much to lose. I'd love to know how that happens. There's no social media. There's no really a ton of written record that, you know, about him, that's like day to day, you know? So I'd like to, to know what that was like. Yeah. And, and having that, um, like the character characteristics, right. Of like, the nation behind you gathering behind you and like you said starting a revolution um okay so speaking of books what's recommended book for our audience to read Oof. um my favorite book probably of all time is about face by colonel david hackworth I've and that's that about before i haven't read it yet. oh you gotta read it it's it's amazing it's about him in vietnam and and post-vietnam and it's it's an incredible read, especially in today's day. Okay, about face. Check that out. Uh, next question: What's your favorite quote and why? Um, geez, I think it's absolute power corrupts, or power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely. I believe that's how it goes, yeah. but that's yeah. it. I I see it all the time. Uh, last question here. What do you see yourself in a year, five years, or even 10 years from now? A year? Well, I'm going to go with 16 months. Hopefully, I'll be out of the federal government. And five years, I'd like to be hosting my own show. Like, besides, I'd like to be on air somewhere, hosting like an interview-based type show. And I'd like to really, uh, I'd like to have about two or three more nonfiction books, but I want to jump into the fiction realm as well. Okay. When you say show, like be on television. Yeah. Like, like, show? I do TV now, but I want to kind of host my own gig. That's why you, you mentioned core TV, right? Yeah. I've been doing core TV weekly, uh, like law enforcement analysis stuff okay. uh, ever almost every week since September, 2020. Uh, I'll be on tonight and I'll be on tomorrow night too. It's core TV.com core TV online core TV cable. <laughs> Got to get my radio voice in there too. So when I go online, Awesome, man. Hey, uh, Jason, I appreciate you for taking the time. Um, You know, one final thing before we go, man. Uh, 
where can our audience, where can they follow you? Where can they support you at? Uh, Instagram, I'm most active on there at, at Dr. Jason Piccolo. And my YouTube channel is at The Protector Show. So check that out. The podcast is The Protectors with uh, Dr. Jason Piccolo. So yeah, man, uh, definitely like, subscribe, do all that good stuff. I just like to have a good conversation. So listen in. Awesome. Make sure you all check that out. The Protectors podcast with Dr. Jason Piccolo. Uh, man, we didn't even go about, uh, into that. Like, you have your, <laughs> Dr. Jason Piccolo. What was your, what was your uh, degree in? Uh, well, I've, I had my master's in forensic science and my doctor's in strategic security. Awesome, man. I mean, a, a wealth of knowledge here, uh, guys and gals. Uh, make sure you reach out to Jason Piccolo. Again, check out the podcast, The Protectors. Uh, go check out his books, right? Uh, Unwavering and Out of the Shadows is, is not yet uh, published, right? You're st- you're no, still Out of the Shadows it. is published. Both books are, uh, if you go to Amazon, they're both priced at okay. cost. I don't make any profits off of it. I'd rather people just understand what's going on. So at cost. And um, if you really are desperate, I'll send you, uh, I shouldn't say, <laughs> I shouldn't say desperate, but if you don't have the money to buy them, uh, just pay me and I'll send, I'll make sure I get you, uh, what do you call it? The um, Kindle version of it. Awesome. Jason, I appreciate you for taking the time and uh, hopefully I'll talk to you soon, brother. You will. Thanks a lot, man. Awesome. Take care. Hey everyone, Raiden here. I just want to thank you for listening to our podcast. And make sure you guys go check out our website, fortist-fidelis.com. Again, that's fortist-fidelis.com. And learn how you can help us support in providing these memorial coins to the families of the fallen. And make sure you guys go follow our social media on Facebook, FRTS, FDLS. Again, that's FRTS, FDLS. And on Instagram and Twitter at FRTS underscore FDLS. Again, that's FRTS underscore FDLS. And make sure you guys go subscribe, review, and leave a comment on our podcast on all the podcast platforms. Till then, take care.